Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. Actually, there's nothing in the fridge. We're speaking with Sophie Egan. She is the author of Devoured, From Chicken Wings to Kale Smoothies, How What We Eat Defines Who We Are. Thank you, Sophie, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I have to say, I went out last night and had quite a few chicken wings, probably too many. Um, should (laughs) Should this go on my experiential CV, or should I leave that off? I think it really, really depends how adventurous you got with your dipping sauces. <laughs> I am a barbecue sauce fan. I think that's number two, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Wow. Very good memory. Yes. <laughs> uh, although, of course, it really says a lot about your regional identity. So it depends where you're from, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you might be considered a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are mostly uh, blue cheese people up here in the Northeast, but I guess I'm an outlier. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the experiential resume is is a fascinating finding to me. It sounds like it was to you as well. It was. I deal with a lot of academic professors on my other show, and I've seen a bunch of CVs, so that just stuck out to me as something funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This whole stunt food thing, I saw that you got to try one of the new Doritos tacos, and how was it with all those people just staring at you while you're trying to eat this thing? <laughs> you know, that, that was a very uh, unusual experience, to say the least, to find myself at Taco Bell headquarters in their innovation forum. It was months before the release of the new fiery Doritos Locos Taco. And they were all just, yeah, I was totally in a fishbowl uh, type of thing. And it's not a lot of people uh, like having people stare at them while they're eating. (laughs) Oh, no, and I definitely am one of those. Well, and particularly with, have you eaten a Doritos Locos Taco? I have not. I am intrigued, though. It's not like a dainty, (laughs) it's not a dainty experience, let me say. (laughs) Um, It's one of the food scientists, um, who I interviewed for the Wired story that I wrote originally about the stunt foods, explained to me that the finger residue, that bright orange powder that gets all over your fingers, is one of the essential properties um, that they had to replicate in creating this um, novel food concoction. And so particularly when someone is staring at you, it gets all over your fingers. It <laughs> might be kind of on the corners of your mouth. It's not like a good first date food for sure. <laughs> Um, but the other fascinating thing was that it cracks, you know, it chips, right? When mm-hmm. you eat them, they, they uh, splinter into, into a bunch of pieces. And they found that this holster, that they, they created this taco holster for it, would catch all the debris, essentially. <laughs> um, and so people were sort of like, thank goodness for the taco bib. <laughs> and really grateful that Taco Bell thought to include that. That's very nice oh of them. <laughs> There was something else that really stuck out to me in the book, too. In Chapter 2, Food at Work, uh, when you were talking Mm -hmm. about sad desk lunch. Now, I have to say that I have been a victim of sad desk lunch myself. And the interesting... (laughs) Happens to the best of us. (laughs) Exactly. And the interesting thing is um, you mentioned that this is a generation that never learns to cook for itself. And I really had to sit and think Mm. about that because... We have all these inventions that we've created. We have the microwave, we have computers, we have all this technology. And it's almost been a double-edged sword because it's taken us away from our roots in a way. It's taken us away from our origins. There are plenty of people, myself included, 
who don't know how to just go outside and find something edible and and be able to sustain themselves. Our society has just kind of Mm -hmm. turned its back on that. And so I just wanted to pick your brain a bit on that and say, you know, have you, how do you feel about the technology and and it being a double-edged sword, so to speak? I think you hit on something that is, is very, very dear, I should say, of great concern to me, this loss of food literacy. And it's, It's very stunning when you think about, as you said, that people can be extraordinarily professional or educated in certain aspects of their lives. They may be able to develop new software programs or engineer all kinds of things, but they might not be able to fry an egg or (laughs) roast a chicken or know how to use a knife to just even chop up a quick salad or something very simple for for their families. And the really stunning thing to me, you know, the Commerce Department has been tracking our habits um, since about 1992. And last spring, for the first time, we spent more money at restaurants and bars than at grocery stores. And wow. this is absolutely tied to that, where there are so many, it's not just grocery stores. Certainly, you see this, a greater amount of prepared foods in, mm-hmm. in grocery stores. And it is now certainly much easier to pick up a meal at a grocery store that's that's pre-made, but there are a whole range of other services that have disincentivized us from needing to to even bother to learn how to cook for yourselves, right? You can Mm -hmm. have something delivered in instant from your favorite restaurant. You can have, there's dozens of these companies now, all of them at the tips of your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And I do see it as a concern for us in terms of generational transfer of knowledge, going back, you know, (laughs) even centuries where these basic skills were considered as essential as speaking a language. So my hope is that the many organizations out there that are working on this will start to embed into preschool education much more of that intimacy with food, an understanding of where it comes from, how it works. When you mix this with that, what are the flavor experiences? How does it change at different temperatures? These things that the same way you might learn to ride a bike. If you could really gain that skill as a child, it would carry with you through life. And in the meantime, for those of us who are sort of too late, I am encouraged at least by some sort of benevolent employers And actually, Google now has teaching kitchens, and they can't even catch up with demand from their employees who are, like, recognizing how desperately (laughs) they need these skills. Do you think this has to do with the the rise of fast casual as well? Sort of, we feel like almost like we're cooking, or as mentioned in the book, chefing. So that's the closest (laughs) a lot of people get to cooking for themselves. Exactly. Yes, this concept of chefing, you know, where you tailor your order at the Chipotle counter or the Cava Mezza Grill, or depends what your favorite regional build-your-own concept might be. It's like a substitute for the act of actually being in your kitchen. And it definitely does feel much more like you were a participant in the creation of your meal. But if you think about kind of um, or an orchestra or something, it's like you're the, the conductor, yeah. you know, uh, but but you're really not playing the instrument. So I definitely think that the fast casual is one of the fastest growing segment of the restaurant industry. And so the greater array of places where you can be that kind of participant as opposed to, you know, sit down at a table and pick from a menu, that's making it so that more of your experiences can be that way. So I think it's a it's just a piece of this puzzle along with all of these other, you know, the prepared foods and grocery stores, the 
mobile apps to deliver things at your fingertips. And the other one I would add is a lot of people are watching cooking shows more than they used to. And that also can be kind of a substitution, right? You're sort of (laughs) feel like, oh, I'm, I'm in this. Guy Fieri's kitchen or something, or I'm in, you know, Jada Duanchi's <laughs> kitchen with her. We're cooking a meal together. Isn't this great? <laughs> but obviously you can't, you know, reach through the screen. So yeah, not well, quite the same experience. Some people are also the type of people that watch exercise videos and they're just sitting down watching them. Like, I think some people just like <laughs> to watch cooking and not necessarily cook themselves. I know a lot of the different chefs have different food products in the grocery store. So you could watch their show and eat their food and feel like they just made it for you. You know, I found that really funny and interesting. Yeah. But thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thank you for, so much for joining joining us. We really enjoyed the book. Thank you for having me. That was Sophie Egan, the author of Devoured, From Chicken Wings to Kale Smoothies, How What We Eat Defines Who We Are. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge.